Chiefs have to limp back from this one. They freeze in Denver, losing to the Denver Broncos. A game that was set up to be a snow game was not, but still never got the Chiefs started. What went wrong? What happens next? And how do they get this right today on Lockdown Chiefs Live? From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. MM Chiefs Kingdom. We are live post game for you with Matt Derrick from ChiefsDigest.com, our man on the ground. And in the non functional functioning of this franchise right this moment, we're going to discuss all that. What went wrong in Denver? How did they get to this point? And how can it be corrected? Lots to go over. Thanks for making us your first listen here post game for the Lockdown Podcast Network. That means we're here every day for you. You guys know that already. Like, sub, hit the bell here on YouTube. And get subbed over on Spotify and Apple and all the audio platforms. We are here for you every single day. You everydayers already know that. If you are one of them, we thank you very much. And if not, welcome to the show. Matt, we're going to get straight into it here in a minute about just how the lead up to this game may have changed things from what we thought originally. A uh, lot to cover there. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com and RGR Football with my partner Chris Clark of Chiefs Corner and Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com. Matt, if you had to boil it down to one thing, it felt like all the distractions led to this team not being prepared mentally to take the field today. Am I off? I mean, if you want to argue that this was a trap game for the Chiefs and that they fell into the trap, I'm not. I can't argue with you. Um, if you want to say that thinking about the Dolphins next week and going to Germany was a distraction. Um, they didn't do anything to prove you wrong. And then you throw in the Mahomes flu, you throw in missing Nick Bolton. I'm not going to brag Justin Ross into this because I don't think that's a factor, but you know, this team, and I think that what we're going to hear from Andy Reid, you know, when he comes out for his post-game press conference is he's going to say they didn't execute that you can't go over three in the red zone. Um, you can't, you, you've got to make some plays on defense and, and you know, and, and that's one thing that's that the Broncos were going to come out and establish in the very beginning. They were going to run the football and the chiefs never really stopped them on the ground. So this to me, if you want to point to any one reason why the chiefs lost, there are many of them. It's not just one thing. It's, I think it's a, a long laundry list of why they lost this game, but it's to me, it's still surprising because I don't think there's any doubt. Chiefs are a better team than the Broncos and finding themselves in this situation I mean, it is a, to me, a lack of, I mean, execution by coaches, players, everybody. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, you can't turn the ball over five times. It doesn't matter who you're playing. Uh, you turn over the ball five times, you're not going to win the game. And that just proves it. Uh, Kansas City had a chance going into the, in the middle of the third quarter and the ball gets punted to the Chiefs and Michael Hardman muffs it. And while I, I don't want to say that that caused them to lose the game, I'm not trying to say that, but it caused Denver to hold on to the ball for how much longer and end up scoring a touchdown, which makes it even harder. The Chiefs just couldn't get going on offense at all today. Uh, some of it was on Mahomes. He he hit some plays. He missed some plays. Uh, I think he held the ball a little bit too long on a couple of plays as well, uh, which probably led to the sack and the and the fumble. But you know, at the end of the day, you got to beat the teams that are bad. And Denver's a bad team. I mean, two and five, they are a bad team. They played a lot better today than they have been playing. Uh, but anytime you turn over the ball five times, good luck having a chance to even win the game. Yeah, and to me, this this wasn't uh, exactly reminiscent of the game because it unfolded a whole lot differently. But when you're talking about turnovers and losing the game, 
it's going back to the last time that the Broncos actually won. The Chiefs did the exact same thing. They turned the football over five times. And yeah, when you've got that much of a turnover deficit, you're usually not going to win. Now, just like in that game, there were some turnovers after it was kind of decided. I mean, the last turnover, you know, the Chiefs had in that game with Jamal Charles having the fumbles didn't really matter. I mean, it was kind of over at that point. Um, just kind of ensured the victory for the Broncos. But this one, I mean, Mahomes, I've, I mean, to, and for Mahomes on that fifth one, that last interception, I mean, how many times have we all made that same interception playing on Madden when we're, we're getting beat and we're just chucking the ball at the end anyway? That was exactly the kind of mode he was in on fourth and 22. Well, I mean, it was yeah. defensive pass interference. I mean, they had at least holding, I think. Yes, yeah. absolutely. That but you're never going to get that time. call. You're never going to get that call on what's essentially a Hail Mary play. Yeah, that, that's the difficult situation about that particular play. As egregious as it was, certainly worse than some of the PIs that were called in this ballgame. Uh, on that particular play in that situation, it's just nearly impossible to get that call. And it shouldn't have come down to that in the first place. Let's let's be honest. The, the factors that ran into what started here, uh, certainly I think the weather had to play a part. I didn't feel that what I saw on the field, though, Matt, was due to the temperatures. Um, <clears throat> clearly when they got to the stadium, there was a lot of snow out there, wasn't on the field. It wasn't a factor. Uh, it didn't look to me like there was any field conditions that were bothersome. It just looked like this team had internal issues that were not related to playing in this environment on that field today. Did I miss something? No, I mean, if you wanted to tell me that these, that these guys were a little bit uncomfortable because it was really the first day they've been in cold all year. I mean, even in Kansas City for practice, it's been incredibly mild. It was crummy on Friday outdoors when they practice. I mean, it was chilly. It was in the 40s. It was a little bit wet out there. So they got at least a taste of it. It was a lot colder in Denver and altitude and all that nonsense. But once again, I mean, you know, that was, I was often true many times during the, the 16 game winning streak. So 17 games. So, you know, it's, it, it, hey, those things have always happened. Maybe it was a small factor, but to me, it's just, it's just one of the many. I don't think you can point to that one thing and say, hey, the weather was a factor today and that's why the Chiefs lost. I think that and 15 other things were the reasons why the Chiefs lost. Well, you lose Nick Bolton and he's probably one of your best run defenders. This was a huge game that they were going to run the ball and it was always known they were going to run the ball and i'm not trying to single out tranquil i think tranquil did a good job but he's not nick bolton attacking downhill against the run uh and i do think bolton makes a little bit of a difference is it going to be enough to win the game probably not with still five turnovers but the other part of it is willie gay goes out as well at the end of the first half uh he came back in for one play and was right back out because some uh, lower body injury i guess it was a, a back injury maybe from what i heard uh, I mean, you lose two of your starting linebackers, uh, you know, going into this game. Yeah, I'm glad they had Tranquil, but Cochran played a huge part of the second half. Uh, and then they even had to bring in Truman Jones at times. Or not or Jones at times. Cam Jones, sorry. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, at one point it was, it was Leo Cam and Jack Cochran out there. Um, a grand total of, what, uh, 16 games experience. Uh, I thought they held their own in that particular situation pretty well. We're going to talk about the defense later in the show, and we are going to get to – what, what was the stumbling point for this offense in this particular ballgame here coming up in just a minute? But first, I want to tell you that we have the answer for you right now because we're partnering with eBay Motors and our fantasy football host, Vinny Iyer, to bring you the best fantasy picks every single week, including some of the things that stood out this week that you want to plan for in the coming week as you get your matchups going. Whether you're doing that, diving for that waiver wire here in a day or two, you want to go attack that. And so let's see what Vinny has for us because if you missed out on Dalton Kincaid in this last week where he went off for a career game against the Buccaneers. You want to get in on him right now. 
I think that what you're going to see is Kincaid is going to continue to grow in that offense. He and Josh Allen have started to click, and I think that that is the wave of the future. Nothing against Dawson Knox, but I do think you want to look for that matchup going forward. He gets a smash spot uh, in that shootout against the Bengals, and that's going to be fun. Uh, Cincinnati's been playing well today. You're going to get their best game as well in the wideouts versus the tight ends. Kincaid is one of the guys that you want to get on your roster right now so that you can get prepared and make your way to that championship. And Vinny's going to give you tips like this all week, every week for your fantasy championship, as well as eBay Motors, because they're going to help you get a championship for your ride, whether it's something that you need right now, whether it's simple or complex, they have it all, and it's the perfect fit, everything you need for your vehicle, because they have 122 million parts for your ride or die right now. Can make sure that it runs smoothly, that it looks good, that it breaks right, whether it's roof racks or bumpers or something you want on the inside. You know, maybe you need that new liner for the dash. That always comes in handy. You can find it at eBay Motors. It's a guaranteed fit, <clears throat> guaranteed to fit your car the first time, every time, or your money back. And with these prices, you are not burning cash. You might as well get down there and burn rubber to get into your vehicle right now. So Keep your ride or die alive and running well with ebaymotors.com. It's a guaranteed fit. It's only available for U.S. customers, eligible items only, and exclusions do apply. I will exclude uh, some of my thoughts because uh, they are not appropriate for how you get to this point. And we're going to talk about the overall, but specifically on the offensive side of the ball, Matt. It just comes down to I don't think the rhythm was ever established. Uh, clearly the the factor of how well Patrick was feeling or not, um, you can see that as good as he is, if he's not 100%, there's something to be desired there, right? It was fits and starts. I think the biggest problem of the day was twofold, starting with the pass rush was underestimated. Let's give the Denver Broncos some credit. That defense showed up to prove a point. They were nasty. They had an edge, and they came out yakking at Mahomes on the first drive. They wanted to come play this game more than the offensive line did, in my opinion. Where do you stand on how they started this ballgame? Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, this this Broncos team absolutely came out with an attitude, and they established it early on. I mean, it was, that was probably important to this entire game as far as setting the tone. I mean, let's face it, the Broncos offense, and you know, we can get to that. We'll get to that when we talk about the Chiefs defense. This Broncos offense did not win this game. I mean, they did what they needed to win, but that's not why the Broncos won. The Broncos won because the chip kept the Chiefs out of the end zone, were able to stop them in the red zone. And really, I mean, in the, you know, the, the, you want to get into the kind of macho, macho, mano a mano definition here. They punched the Chiefs in the mouth and the Chiefs didn't know how to respond. And, you know, and we don't see teams do that very often. We don't see teams defensively really get in the Chiefs' face, you know, and I saw some comments early on that was talking about, you know, hey, you don't talk trash to Mahomes early in a game because, you know, he's got plenty of time to come back on you. Well, the Broncos did that. I mean, they got physical and maybe this was the right day. Maybe this was the day that Mahomes didn't have it as far as being able to put the cape on and and be Magic Mahomes with the flu. I mean, there was plenty of evidence out there that it goes both ways. I mean, Patrick looked like he was moving around pretty well, but I think he also made some throws and decisions that he doesn't normally make. So I think you could definitely say he was feeling uncomfortable. Was that the illness? How much of it was that the Broncos actually making him uncomfortable? I mean, I, I think there's probably a little bit of both, but um, at the same time, you know, I put, a, I give it a lot uh, to the, honestly, to the Broncos secondary, because there were plenty of times that the offensive line actually gave Mahomes time to throw. 
Um, I mean, eventually any rush is going to get there if you give him time. And there were some times that Mahomes had all day in the world, but moving around, there was still nobody open. And and some of that, once again, maybe that was decision-making. Maybe there were some throws that Patrick just didn't see. But I, I think that the the physicality that the Broncos brought today was definitely a factor. Give it to them. But, you know, I, I saw our friend Daniel Harms made a point, and I'll, I'll take it kind of one step further in saying that the problem with this Chiefs offense right now that we probably just need to accept and recognize is that when you have seven receivers or you think you have six or seven receivers, answer is that you probably have zero receivers. It's kind of like the old quarterback thing. You think you got two or three quarterbacks, you have zero. And I mean, when I look at that receiver group today and you look at the lines, you look at the numbers, Rasheed Rice, once again, the best performance of the day, he had a great play, but he also had a crucial drop. That was a problem. And the rest of the way, Mahomes was just not getting any help from his receivers as far as guys stepping up, making plays, making themselves available and presentable and open. They're just not doing it for him right now. Well, there were several times where there was coverage sex, and that's one of the big things that you look at, at in this game. And Mahomes held the ball for four or five seconds on several of those plays. Uh, the line gave him a chance to throw the ball. He couldn't find anybody. I agree with you. That's a problem uh, that they've got to get figured out. The bigger problem, you run into this game, and you're looking at going up against the Miami Dolphins next week. And one of the biggest things that you need going into the Miami game is to be able to hit them in the mouth and play punishing football. And right now, the Chiefs team doesn't look like they have that in them. Without Bolton in there, their defense did not look like they had the ability to go after somebody and punch them in the mouth, figuratively speaking. Uh, I don't know what was going on with the pass rush. Chris Jones never got home, and I know he got doubled a lot. Karloftis had a huge game with three sacks. But for as long as they were allowing Wilson to run back there uh, and run open, I think that that was a big question. You know, the, the pass rush never got there as well. So, uh, big questions when you look at this defense going up against the Dolphins next week, uh, and they've got to get it figured out quickly. We're going to dig through the defense coming up in the next segment, but I think the other main thing that threw the offense off here, and Matt, I know I'm a broken record, but you tell me, on the day, who ran the ball better? I'm thinking most people are going to say the Broncos, right? Except Pacheco ran for five yards a carry. And you only gave him eight carries. And we've talked about this. We thought we'd turned a corner where it was, it was 16 plus carries was kind of the magic number. Well, that's what the Broncos did. And 3.1 for Williams on the day. Yes, you got some, some McLaughlin uh, big plays, right? That kid's quick and, and all power to him. But the fact is you didn't run the ball enough on a day that you knew Patrick wasn't feeling that great and you weren't getting help from the receivers. This is also on the staff and on whoever's, Final call it is on the play calling. That is Andy Reid that you didn't use your strengths enough in this ballgame. Yeah, I mean, you get a, a level, it looks like 11 maybe designed runs from your running backs. Um, there was a couple from, from Katoni and Hardman that had some touches too that were considered uh, rushes. Um, there might have even been one of those to the running backs that was actually a, a backward pass. So, I, you know, you, well, yeah, you're right. I mean, you're talking about when this team has been playing well this year, we've noticed it. I mean, it's because they run the ball effectively and there's a commitment to it. It doesn't have to be, and we've seen some games, they've had some where they were at a 50 50 mix. And we know that's not going to be Andy Reid. But we also know at the end of the year that when Andy Reid, you know, his teams are going to come out, they're going to be like 36% rushing the football. And on days that they're below that, 
are typically days that they end up being very one dimensional and they don't and they don't move the ball effectively. I mean, that's just the one thing that tends to get away from them is that if they don't run the football, especially right now with the way teams are playing them. And look at what the Broncos were doing. Once again, they were rushing four. They were dropping back seven. They were packing the zone deep, doing everything that they could to play in the secondary, which means the Chiefs are facing a lot of light boxes. And they and two things. One, they didn't commit to the run. And two, they, they didn't always effectively uh, get it done. I mean, uh, even even with Pacheco, I mean, his five-yard average carry, you know, part of that was really boosted by that one big run he had. Because he had quite a few stops that you know that they're, they're just the blocking wasn't there and the Broncos were doing a good job, but you got to feel like if you just kept running it, maybe you do get that big play. Maybe you do, but whatever you do, you at least soften up the Broncos a bit to get them looking in the backfield, and that's how the receivers are going to be able to find some open zones. That's how you know Travis Kelsey is going to get some space to work. You got to run the football to do that, and you know, and I, I get it. It's 2023, but we're also talking about a team that just beat you by rushing for almost 160 yards. They were up over 160 at one point before they had, I think they had some losses. But also, the Broncos won this game averaging 3.7 yards a play. This game was winnable for the Chiefs. I mean, and, and you just had to have a balanced offense, and to date, they were not balanced whatsoever. Well, you had to have a balanced offense, and you had to have an offense that was willing to get creative when you get inside the 20-yard line. The third and goal play where you're doing a pitch to Rasheed Rice. I understand it's to Rasheed Rice. It's not to Travis Kelsey, who it usually goes to. But teams have seen that enough. They're going to they're gonna be able to defend that. You need to have a little bit more going on offense uh, to be able to score on that. And honestly, at that point in the game, I thought that they should have been going for it on fourth down. Uh, it's early enough in the game where you figure you're going to get enough possessions. You don't kick a field goal there. Uh, you, you try to get a touchdown. And I think Mahomes probably could have gotten one with another play. But it ends up being what it is. Uh, Kansas City with a huge loss uh, against the Denver Broncos, um, and it's, it's going to be a rough week over the next couple of days. It certainly is. How does this defense respond, and did they hold up their end of the bargain? There's there's an argument to be made either way. We're going to do that on the backside of this. And I want to tell you about our friends over at DoorDash. If you're looking for something to eat tonight, maybe you just go check out DoorDash. You can go and select maybe one of your favorite restaurants, get it delivered right to your door and maybe you can watch Sunday night football or you know whatever else you want to watch tonight but you can use DoorDash to get you food you can use DoorDash to get you groceries whatever you really need DoorDash can bring to you get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code locked 23 subject to terms subject to change terms apply DoorDash is one of the places that makes it so easy to get game day food and to get game day groceries delivered. You absolutely need to check out DoorDash. That's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. Subject to change, terms apply. Now, if you happen to be out in Lawrence celebrating the day before is when, you know, make sure you get Quintins on the DoorDash. You, you got to help those guys out. Um, I One of the things that I miss from Lawrence. So... When we take a look and take a step back, yes, you illustrated it very well, Matt, that the Broncos won this game by not being very uh, offensively offensive. And at this point, I think it was an up-and-down day. Um, again, the fire from the Broncos was evident. And I thought the Chiefs' defense responded for the most part. 
Um, I think Legereus Need responded a little bit too much. Uh, I think you can make an argument either way that the the aggression on both sides of the ball was warranted. In the end, I don't know how you feel, but I thought the the rush was good enough. I thought the coverage was decent enough. Other than the battle with Sutton that Sneed was was not, I think, on the winning side of. I thought overall it was enough to win the ball game, and I think the defense once again, while they allowed a few more points than they have been, I think they did their part in in securing enough momentum to get this W. Oh yeah, I mean when you look at the raw numbers, and I was I was probably being a little bit too harsh on this defense as the as the game was coming to an end, and I'm all I mean even just as we're, we've been recording the pot, and I really look at this, I mean yeah they gave up a lot of yards on the ground and getting some stops, especially in some key moments and and then some short yardage situations, would have gone a long way. But I mean one look they give up three point seven yards of play. That is really good. I mean, you're going to win 90% of the time, if not more, giving up 3.7 yards of play. I mean, you probably are going to win close to 99. I'm, I'm trying to look up the numbers right now. I mean, you just don't have that kind of performance and and lose a lot of ball games. They gave up 87 yards net passing. I mean, again, mm-hmm. in this day and age, you're not going to give up 87 net yards passing and lose very often. So this defense in most areas did its job. Now, where did it fall down? Yeah, they gave up 24 points. They're most on the season. I mean, but once again, let's look at those scoring drives. Um, they had a the Broncos had a 44 yards, you know, four scoring drive for a field goal, uh, 11 yard drive for a field goal, uh, 40. Uh, let's see, it. Um, oh, that was the Chiefs drives. Excuse me. Um, Broncos had, uh, you know, what they got the ball at the 50 for a square touchdown. Um, they get the, the 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 first down at the ten. They they started drive at the Chiefs twenty. I mean, they began a, a stri- their first drive at the Chiefs thirty nine. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't get stops in that field position. I mean, if you do, great, but you can't expect your defense repeatedly to get stops when you're giving them the ball in your own territory. So you know, to me, I mean. The defense did what it could. I mean, it was asked to do a yeoman's job today, and they almost pulled it off. But I, I, I there are there were some lapses. I don't I don't think I can put it on the pass rush because the pass rush gets six sacks. Was it consistent? They had some breakdowns at times, especially on some third downs. That was a problem early. Um, the penalties were a huge problem. That was probably the biggest problem on defense. Was just that there were too many penalties. Were they legitimate? I mean, I can't pick a lot of them um were the chiefs on the maybe the unlucky side of penalties today possibly you could argue that uh but once again too many penalties at the wrong time really did them in and 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 even some of the breakdowns on the defensive side i i put more of the blame on the offense for putting them in that situation did i put on the defense yeah it's that was a rough defensive outing and you could really tell in the third quarter and again i'm not trying to put this all on the defense but because the offense really didn't help them at all but you could tell in the third quarter they started getting worn down. Uh, Chris Jones and Karloftis and Aminihue were on the field almost every snap, it seemed like, and they started getting worn down. And when you are continuing to allow them to run, uh, and you don't have to allow them to run for four or five yards, it's three or four yards every carry and continuously get first downs, that's going to wear your defense out, especially in the altitude. Uh, This defense is, is, you know, a lot better against the pass than they are against the run. Uh, and as I said earlier, they missed Nick Bolton today. Uh, I do think that they're obviously missing some uh, meat in the middle of the field as well. They need a little. They need somebody that can come in and, and you know try to clog up the middle a little bit more. 
Uh, Nottie has played well for the most part. Chris Jones has played well, but he's more of a pass rusher than he is a run defender, and that's going to that's gonna hurt you at times. It's like he could have used a guy named Coburn in the middle there today. I don't know. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. Um, yeah, not letting go of that one. Uh, when, you, when you take a step back. Yeah, right. Um, kudos to Trent McDuffie. He continues to apply pressure and plays coverage responsibilities. Um, did he have to make up a play or two where he got beat initially off the go? Sure, that does happen, but I thought another solid game from him. George Karloftis stood out to me as one of the prime players on defense, uh, just continuing to show that his style of playing defensive end, the, the, the grind, the continual motor will pay off most games, and it certainly did today. I thought he was a highlight. Uh, on the other side of the ball, uh, my bigger concerns are uh, both the tackle play that I thought lost um, viability as the game went on. I need to go back and look for that. But, uh, Matt, looking from this as the stepping point to what is coming up, uh, a big overseas trip, uh, is there a positive takeaway you can take from this mess and try to turn it around? Well, I mean, I, th I think obviously the one or two biggest takes away, one is that, you know, the Chiefs don't normally turn in two stinkers in a row. Games like this are usually a motivating factor for them. So the idea of them coming in flat next week against the Dolphins in Germany, I mean, I'm going to put the chances of that into single digits because this team, if they don't show up next week ready to, to bring the hammer on somebody, then I'll have some serious questions because this should be a game that's absolutely going to stick in their craw and motivate them this week. And two, you know, if part of the offensive problems and not a big chunk of them were on Patrick Mahomes being sick and having the flu, well, going to feel better next week. I mean, it's he's he's going to be in better shape. So if that's if that was the biggest problem offensively that the Chiefs had today was Mahomes, he's not going to be in that position next week. Um yeah, there are things that they need to work on. Absolutely. I mean, you know, Chris Chris read off some things that I think are legitimate points about some some groups that had some bad days. Um they need to work on some stuff. But if this team doesn't come back next week with the fire, I'll be very surprised because this team just doesn't phone it in two weeks in a row. I will say, offensively, Mahomes is fantastic, and we don't, you know, we're blessed to have him as a QB, but he needs to stop being a little bit more greedy than he needs to be at times. Uh, the third, that was it fourth and two, or third and two, no, it was fourth and two. Uh, they got the ball on the Broncos side of the field. Uh, he throws a long pass to Sky Moore. Sky Moore drops it in the end zone. Obviously, it would have been great to have a touchdown, but he could have run for the first down. The lane was wide open for him to, to step up and take the first down with a run. Uh, at times, it's it's great to be greedy and to be able to go after and try to take deeper shots, but sometimes it also works against Kansas City. Uh, his first interception to Kelsey, Sky Moore was wide open in the middle of the field if he makes that look, and obviously probably wasn't going to get there in the in the reads. But you got to continue to look at more guys because Travis Kelsey is going to be a guy every team is going to be double and triple teaming for the next couple of weeks because the rest of the wide receivers and the pass catchers generally aren't beating the defense. Yeah, and they, the interception to Kelsey kind of stood out to me because that was the first moment that I felt like we really, really saw Mahomes not being 100% because that was, well, well, one, obviously he didn't see the coverage very well, and two, threw the ball well behind Kelsey. Kelsey had to slow down for that ball, and that's what allowed the defender to be able to jump in and make the play. That was the first one that really kind of told me, okay, Mahomes doesn't have his A game today, so let's see if he can find a way to bail out of this. Um, the Baltimore, unfortunately, I mean, that's one of those things that I'm, hey, I'm iffy on. I'm kind of with you, Chris, in a way, because I'm usually of the, hey, 
move the chains. If you got, if, if it's fourth and two and you got a chance to just move the ball and keep the ball and move it ahead, you know, take that opportunity. But I admit, there's plenty of times people who will say that's the absolute perfect time to take a deep shot because the defense isn't going to be looking for it. And that was a catchable ball. So even though it looked like Sky Moore may have lost it, I mean, that that's once again, I mean, that's probably a play that is on the receiver. I mean, and we know Sky Moore's not the best tracker of the football. He's not Tyreek Hill. Um, but Sky's got to be able to make that catch. And if he can't, then you can't make that throw. Well, and I agree with you. I think you're going to need to take those shots at times, but I guess I just keep looking at this scene, second and five, second and six, and taking deep shots when you have stuff over the middle or you have stuff, you know, the running back or a wide receiver out wide where you can dump, take a dump off and maybe you only get two or three yards, but you still have another closer play. Uh, and I think that's really what this offense is missing at times is taking deep shots when maybe, you know, taking a four or five-yard gain is probably all you really need to do to keep the chains moving. I tell you what, this is this is a game that I think they have to pack away and move on from. Obviously, there's a big contest. It's a, it's a long flight, et cetera, et cetera. It's got to be part compartmentalized, and hopefully, like you said, Matt, a lot of those things will turn themselves around. But uh, one last question for you, Matt, before we wrap it up for the day, and folks, we'll be live on Tuesday afternoon, Matt and I will, um, right around the time the trade deadline comes down. Um, and, Matt, do you think that anything that we saw today changes anything else about – maybe Brett Veach needs to go do something. Think anything is likely here before the trade deadline. I mean, to me, it, it doesn't really move the needle for me for the most part, because I, I I just don't know what you would do to go out and fix anything that the chiefs really have a problem with. I mean, defensively, once again, I mean, they win, um, you know, the only thing that might get challenged now is your depth at linebacker. Um, but I don't know if that's a position that you necessarily feel like you have to go out and reinforce, think she still feel like they're in pretty good shape there um even if it looks like willie gay we'll see i mean that was the only injury that andy reed noted coming out of the game um drew tranquil left but obviously he came back after one snap so we'll see if the willie gay if if it does look like you're playing without bolton and gay for a month then maybe you know that's something that you think about but you know we've been talking about the receiver spot you know i, I just don't see a receiver coming into an andy reed offense mid-season and making a significant difference, you know, maybe if it's a unicorn and I mean like Deandre Hopkins is a unicorn, but other than that, I mean, is anybody else going to come into this offense and suddenly be a, you know, a hundred yard a game receiver, even a 60 yard a game receiver the rest of the way? No, that's not going to happen. So there's, there's no Superman walking through that door. Um, I did, however, note, and I want to bring it up before I close, Chiefs now have only, this is the 26th game that they've lost in franchise history when allowing 3.7 yards or fewer in a game. And they hadn't lost one since 2009. So that just tells you how rare, especially, (laughs) exactly. I mean, most of those are like 1960s and 1970s. So yeah, hadn't happened in 14 years. So that tells you that the defense kind of did its job today. It was the offense that let him down. It's funny you mentioned DeAndre Hopkins, considering he had three touchdowns today. Just want to throw yeah. that out. And that, that's assuming that the Titans are selling it. I don't think the Titans are going to sell. Yeah, well, 
Hard to know. We're not having a Will Levis discussion on this show. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> we will get to that, folks. You can, you're going to uh, be able we, to pry DeAndre Hopkins out of Mike Vrabel's dead, cold hands. <laughs> you are probably right. Folks, we'd love to get your takeaways. No game balls from us tonight, but who do you thought played well? Who do you think is to blame? Put your comments down below and let us know. We appreciate it. If you would sub to this channel and you would hit that thumb for this particular live stream because it takes Matt away from his work, and we very much appreciate your time, Matt. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. And hey, go over to Chiefs Digest and hit the subscribe so you won't miss it if I do a live stream this week. Although nobody will probably tune in because the Chiefs lost. It's all right. You got to complain about something. And I'll be live on RGR here coming up very, very shortly. Really quick, Matt. Um, They have two open roster spots. What do you think they're going to do with them? We'll see. I would imagine that they'll probably look at bring up some practice squad guys. But hey, with the trade deadline on Tuesday, they they can take their time and see if, if there is anybody that they do want to try to acquire. I mean, I, I even though I I'm 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 not optimistic that they'll make a move. It's Brett Feach, so you know he's going to be making this calls over the next couple of days. We know that he will. We know we'll have it for you. Matt will be back for the Wednesday edition. It will be live on Tuesday afternoon. Make sure you're with us. Thanks for your time tonight. It is a loss, but hey. Pack it up, move it in, get back to town and get better. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Thanks for being with us, and we'll see you then.